Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. adults 18 years and older the best part of a fantasy is someone special to share it with don't you agree well now you can find that special someone with just one simple call to 1900 side boob enjoy the fun of meeting someone new call 1900 side boob that's 1900 743 32662 dreams can come true the right woman can make all the difference. Call now. Why don't you call me, Ricky Allpike? For only $3.99 per minute, you can enjoy our podcast within a podcast. Mm, don't forget the four-digit extension number. Would you like a three-way? Well, joining me tonight are my fellow naughty neighbors, AJ and Jonathan Astro. AJ, do you like my sexy voice? John, have you ever paid for phone sex? Um, no, uh, but I think I might after he- you've converted me after hearing after hearing that. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Uh, wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. It was uh, worth it. I I put a bit of research into this. Actually, I've been watching old '90s commercials for phone sex. That's amazing. So, you know, do do you remember that as a kid? Like, you know, if you were up late and and these weird ads would come on and they'd talk about the chatting and they'd be sexy. (laughs) Yes, I do. Vividly. I vividly remember it. It was a a different time. It's a whole, it's it's all changed now. but, But these ads... I was just thinking of the price before, like three ninety nine mm. per minute. Like that was like nineties prices too. Like three ninety nine a minute. Like expensive. That's yeah. like yeah. expensive, mm. you know. Because there'd be initial initial fee as well. I would imagine. Mm, definitely. Yep. The connection yep. fee, and then yeah. This is all by well, an intro of uh, tonight's film, Girl Six, from nineteen ninety six, directed by Spike Lee, written by Susan Laurie Parks, and produced by Spike Lee. Uh, budget twelve million, box office four point nine million. So it's another, another bomb. Another bomb, yeah. Mm. Yeah, maybe it yeah, did better last... on video. I do but, remember the cover. So, yes, but you never, you, you obviously never got it out. No, but I remember the cover, and I don't remember that it was called that or yeah, or what it was about or anything. But I definitely remember that cover. Yes, it did. Well, it's quite a striking cover. You know, mm. Teresa Randall like, in the middle of this white background or purple, I think, is the video cover. And I, I'm pretty sure it's got um, either images or or a listing of all of the cameos around her. Mm. Yeah, so, it does. Madonna and everyone else. Print, songs by Prince. Yeah, that's why we watched it. Isn't it, Astro? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Bit of a Prince fan. I, he did uh, the entire, well, all of the songs are either him or one of his outfits, you know, which is, which is pretty impressive. Pretty yeah, impressive indeed. Yeah. I, 
we can get into that a bit later. Um, so first time for both of you, obviously, which is... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. Okay. I, I had a good time as well. I thought it was so good. It is fun. Yeah, I, I, I've got a much di- different uh, perspective on it now than I did when I first saw it. It, it, it comes from, this, the, again, that time of the night is hard to describe. Uh, this is the this is the ultimate 90s movie, mm. you know, just, yeah. just something about it. it. Pushing the boundaries, you know, sexy, Madonna's in the mix, mm. you know, like it's, it's all there. The gang's all there. And uh, this is just the kind of content they were they were pushing back then. You know, mm. I suppose it's only a matter of time before we have the an OnlyFans virgin. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I was doing, you know, during my research this week. I've, I've tried to find out <laughs> if phone sex was still a thing. You know, oh. and I could find all these articles from Cosmo and stuff that that were a few years old, but they were centered more around like with your partner and that sort of thing. Like, mm. oh, still spice no, it no, up no, a little don't bit. Don't do that. You know? Don't want to do that. Want to pay money? Want to put money down? <laughs> want to get it done? Don't want to. Don't want to cuddle? Don't want to talk after? Just get it done. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but I think, yeah, OnlyFans and camming and that sort of stuff has, mm. has definitely replaced it, yeah. It has. In She's Gotta Have It, Jungle Fever and Malcolm X, director Spike Lee got in your face. Now he's going to get in your ear. You've just reached the hottest live talk line around. Oh! Acting is about feelings. The only reason. The only reason I take it Somebody's got to hire me, huh? I hope so. Greatest romantic African-American film ever made. Directed by me, of course. <laughs> Person we're looking for needs to ooh sexuality. Could you unbutton your blouse? Nope, nope. You walked out on QT. The hottest director in Hollywood. Sharon Stone. Spread Hollywood. That's the business, honey bunch. I got to eat and I got to pay my rent. I hear this is a place where a girl can make lots of cash. You're an actress. How are you acting? You're not on a stage, not in front of the camera. I'm girl 39. Oh, oh my God, I'm going to explode. Yeah. Good. I'm girl 29. Zone, I look pretty with my long blonde hair and big blue eyes. Don't my feet look pretty? No inhibitions. No taboos. My best features are my big. <laughs> Bitch. You like that, Mr. Joe Schlebuckman? Dude. What do you do to your ex? You got that guy crazy. He wants to get back with you. Ooh. I didn't know you were such a freak. <laughs> I always was. You just never brought it out of mm. me. Pilot called you from his cockpit. Mm-hmm. Dag, no one of the planes been falling out of the sky left and right. <laughs> Teresa Randall. I'm gonna hop on the plane and go to Hollywood and live out my dreams. What are you gonna do? You're gonna collect autographs and take the next person that moves into my building and make them pay your rent. Spike Lee. Jimmy no Lee Jimmy no Lee Isaiah Washington. Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna miss you, Judy. Judy. I always did like you when you called me that. Jennifer Lewis. Debbie Mazur. Peter Burke. Naomi Campbell. Ron Silver. John Turturro. With songs by Prince. Girl Six. She's the only thing better than being there. Well, uh, talk, speaking of getting it done, I've got this synopsis here, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to launch, all right? You stay with me now. So, Girl 6 opens with Judy, played by Teresa Randall, an aspiring and struggling actress as she attends an audition for the one and only Quentin Tarantino. 
It's going well until he asks her to take off her top and reveal her breasts, which she does. But coming to her senses, she covers up and bolts from the audition past a bevy of other young hopefuls. Judy takes whatever job she can to pay the rent, handing out flyers, working the desk at a nightclub, but something's got to give. And But well, basically, she lost her agent after walking out on QT, uh, that big audition, and now she's lost her acting coach, who demands that she grow up and accept the business for what it is. Uh, Judy stumbles, then stumbles across an ad in the paper advertising for uh, females, uh, phone calls, females, that sort of thing. Turns out it's a phone sex call centre, and she checks out some other sex work gigs along the way, uh, peep shows and another one involving phone sex, but more hardcore, more s and uh, pushing the boundaries sort of stuff um, than the call centre, uh, and it's also working from home. But she rejects that and the, the peep show work and decides to take the job at the call centre and is henceforth dubbed Girl 6. Judy starts taking calls and she's quite popular, particularly with one customer who's requesting her quite often. His name is Bob Regular. He's played by Peter Berg. Uh, and their conversations focus more on his life and his dying mother rather than sex stuff. As Judy gets deeper into the biz, her friend and neighbour Jimmy, played by Spike Lee himself, he lets her know that her new job is weird and gross. Uh, Meanwhile, Judy also spots her kleptomaniac ex-husband, Isaiah Washington, uh, around town on more than one occasion. Um, And basically, he's just shocked and confused about her new job, as Jimmy is. So... She's broken the rules and given Bob regular her home phone number and uh, he call, he tells her he's coming into town and that they should hook up. Judy dresses to the nines and goes to Coney Island, but he stands her up and she returns to work, bummed out. She then receives a menacing call from a, a customer, Michael Imperioli, and her boss, uh, Lil, cuts the call when it starts to get a, a little creepy and violent. Um, it's also clear that Judy's going off the rails in general. She's hitting the reefer, disengaging. Lil, her boss, puts her on forced leave, uh, but Judy instead takes the hardcore phone sex gig she turned down initially, and she starts taking calls at home. So she's getting in really deep now, and one night she takes a threatening call from the same guy who called her previously, that's uh, Michael Imperioli. Uh, he talks about wanting to sexually assault her and, and, and even killing her with a plastic bag. She tries every tactic, uh, but he keeps on her, calling back when she hangs up until he finally reveals that he knows her exact address. This has caused her to lose, causes her to lose it, uh, which excites him, of course, and she bolts upstairs to her neighbor Jimmy's apartment for some uh, sanctuary. So Judy resolves to give up the phone sex and take off to Hollywood to give her career another shot. She farewells Jimmy and her, her ex-partner and uh, takes off for Tinseltown. We see her one last time in another audition and she delivers a, a great monologue and is also asked again to, to disrobe, show her breasts. This time she refuses and exit the, exits the audition with her head held high. Girl 6. Teresa Randall's voice is really amazing in this. Um, I, I, I should have listened, I should have watched the film with headphones on actually. I think that would be cool. <laughs> I think you would have got it, Chubby. <laughs> just, just, you know. Just half. Just semi. half, maybe half chub, <laughs> semi chubs, yeah. But but I wonder, I wonder how much work she had to put into all yeah. of that, like you know the voice thing and 
mm. and presumably because I you know I've I've I have read that that the majority of dialogue in Hollywood movies is is ADR is recorded True. again. So how, you know how long was she spending in the studio re recording her her lines? You know, I wonder. And um, I guess it's worth mentioning that she's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh she my god. Yeah. Ooh. As well. And it's um. Fun. You know, she was no, uh, certainly wasn't um, uh, getting on, but she was 31 when she did the film, so um, which is a, a seasoned age, I think, for a, for a Hollywood uh, starlet, you know? Mm. Yeah. In general, I thought this film was, I just, I didn't remember it being so stylish. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got um, the, the the kissing on this long lens shot at the very end with all these phones, these landline mm. phones dropping from the sky. We've got these, yeah, I love these that. sort of we've got these fantasy homages to the Jeffersons and Foxy Brown. So seventies black exploitation, seventies TV. We've got the callers who call in; they're all shot on video and, and transferred onto film, so they look different to to uh the the rest of the film which is 35 we've got even got when she starts to crack up we've got these color gels suspiria horror movie lighting uh when she's taking you know those those scary calls towards the end um but but also the 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 visualizations of the calls the callers are quite fun as well it's not it's not just people calling up and whacking off Mm. You know, like they're all quite interesting, or or, or even, um, uh, you know, a little bit. They're they're all a, a, a little bit artsy. You know, like Thomas Jefferson Bird. She she calls up him, and he's like into baseball, and he's standing in front of like a baseball background. He's just wearing a jock strap, <laughs> yes. and and he's just hitting a ball. And it's it that's one sequence where she's like talking him through it, and. He sort of hits a home run, and that's one of those things where I was like, "Oh no, he is masturbating!" Like you know, it's meant to mm. be a a representation, sort of, mm. of what he's doing. I yeah. guess approaching a girl is just like approaching home plate. <laughs> I hear you, baby. I'm a, I'm a little nervous. You know them night games. Night games kind of make me kind of nervous there. Oh, baby, come on now, don't be nervous. You have to remember, you're no scrub. Oh, baby, you said that right. Do you have your hitter's eye on? I can see the rotation on the seams of the ball, like Ted Williams. Ooh. Well, I'm on the pitcher's mount. Okay. Yeah, baby, I got my pitcher's stance. Come on, with it. And I've got that left leg cocked. Just up. like I like it. Tell me oh. what you do. Hey, give me that hot leg kick. Like a one marishat. Woo, here it comes, baby. A big, fat, juicy one straight down the middle. Out of here! You can kiss that baby goodbye! That's our favorite guy from uh, Dan Bozer, the last week, Tom Swift and Bird. Mm. He's the guy who yep, says. Yep. Uh, you know, to be or not to be, that's some other fucking question. <laughs> yeah. And the way he also hits the ball in slow motion, like it's him doing slow motion, you know, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not actual slow motion. <laughs> yes. And the sound, we hear the sound. <laughs> yeah. when he hits yeah. it. And then she does yeah. that. She does the crowd and now it's. <sighs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> but, but this, yes. it was just, the, the style was just. It was he was unstoppable. I, th- I feel like it's be- 
partly because he did, unlike a lot of his other films, he didn't write it. So a a female playwright wrote it. And so he just got to focus. This is the difference between being a writer-director and being just a straight-up director. Look, obviously we love writer-directors and when they're the best in the world, like Mumsko says, we love it. But when you are just a really great director and you just get to focus on the content, all he did, all he had to do was sit around and go. Oh, I think I might do this. Oh, I think I might do that. He didn't have to, like, uh, you know, question every story, but question it. Well, he probably did a little bit, but you know, there's a lot that's set in stone. He didn't have to worry about it, so he can just go. Oh, let's do this. So this movie was brimming with imagination and, you know, just this awesome imagery, and it looked great. It was colourful, and and then we've got Prince, you know, and the cameos. It was, it was, it was. Um, I don't know, kaleidoscopic. And and playful too, you know all that all, all the early well the early phone sex stuff. It gets dark at the end, but is is quite playful, you know. I don't think, you know, I think I don't think today you could do something that playful. I don't. No, think. it's got to be like that show Euphoria, where <laughs> sex is sex is scary, gross, awful, awkward, <laughs> you know, and with a lady dick, obviously. So. <laughs> But, but I also thought that one of the most striking things about this, and, you know, I guess we're a lot... I don't know. Is it fair to say we're more race conscious now than we were in the 1990s? Or maybe we, maybe everyone's always been race conscious, but it just feels like a different brand mm. right now. But yeah. the casting of this movie is is quite striking because it's a very multicultural... A celebratory and multicultural vision of America. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of the opposite of Friends. So, you look at Friends... And although they've done a lot of hand-wringing, that woman who made friends has done hand-wringing about how <laughs> she didn't have any black people on it, and now she's donating millions of dollars to try and buy a way out of her racism. When nobody asked. Nobody, nobody asked. asked. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cared. Everyone's like, yeah. those those pasty-ass white um, people would all be hanging out together, so I don't see what the deal is. But, but, this is, but this is the same city, I think, and this is, this, this is just a... Comp- like, we've got the Indian convenience store guy we've got you know it's just like everyone black and white you know asian and all working together it's it's so um well maybe it's like that 90s the the united colors of benetton <laughs> do you remember that do you remember that no. that campaign they did in the 90s well anyway check it out it's uh, it was seen as a corporate sort of multicultural right. vision but but i just thought it was really cool really really interesting i, I will say it. though that that the the creepers the the caller creepers they're 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 white though white males. Well, then that could be twenty twenty three. Could be a Marvel movie. Could be any. <laughs> them. It could could be anything they do now. Isn't that true? The creeper the creepers have they gots to be white, don't they? Yeah, because because most of the callers are white, aren't they? I mean, you've got that Hispanic yes. couple that are sort mm. of debating like he he really wants a three way and. Uh, which which I, I love that scene actually I think it's really funny. Like, what's wrong What's wrong uh, with a man wanting his wife uh, and his wife's friend is to lick his dick at the same time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Baby with doggy that he goes. She only wants to do me doggy style. I, he doesn't want to look in my face. Look in my eyes. And then she he goes. Baby, it's doggy style. It's it's the thing. That's the thing. It's in. That's yes. <laughs> it's in. That's right. <laughs> Oh. He's always rough she, with she's me. She's so Sheila. frigid, Sheila. She's so ice cold. Don't say that. I am not ice cold, all right? Frigid my ass. Yes, you are. Oh, Every no. time my dick gets next to you, it shrivels up. Can you stop it? Don't talk like that. You know what? You know what? I, I go think... from condom to earmuffs on you my know, dick. Sheila, you know what it is? You know what? 
the reason why I have such a hard time with uh -huh. him because mm -hmm. he only likes it from behind. He never wants to look at me. Okay. And I like to look into his eyes. Uh -huh. He always does that. Okay, Baby, so but the doggy style, that's the thing now. That's what's in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The creepers are all white and um and it seemed to fit, you know. But then again, oh. they make a they make a point. I think one of the most striking scenes in the movie is when they're all getting their one of their orientations, all the girls are in the the boardroom. And the boss, it looks. She tells them all this, gets them to talk, talk about their characters and and things like that. But then she says, "If nobody, unless you you are requested, you are all." And then she goes to the board and writes in big block letters, "W H I T E." <laughs> yes, yeah. and you yeah. just go, "Oof, oof." Yeah, you know, it didn't. It, we didn't need the follow up. Like in the the twenty twenty three version, there'd be a there'd be a lot more said. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was yeah. said. It was said, and you. Th I've thought about it since. You just go, oh, and like the girls didn't make a, they didn't make a big show of it. Like they didn't no. go, this we're striking. This is an outrage. They they took it mm. on, and that's that was that made it seem so real. You know. Yep. Well, I I really like that sort of seminar scene that that the boss of the phone sex company gives. You know, explaining things like cross dressing and transsexuals, like because there are a number of girls in the in the um that that are, that are learning, that are training up, that they're a bit naive as well. You know, they don't know what a transsexual is and stuff. So I don't know. It's quite quite nice. Mm. Naomi Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Naomi Campbell talking about her. Clitoris. Oh, yeah. She's... AJ, what'd you think of Naomi Campbell? <laughs> yeah, bit bit wooden. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Right? No, no, no good. No good. No. Like she's you, she's you, better on magazine covers than yeah. you know. You'd be sitting behind the the, the video split, um, watching a performance, and you'd just be like, "Oh, this was a this was a mistake." You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like this. This. This seemed like a, a laugh until we we started filming. That's right. Because it's not just sex, okay? You're their friend. They're lonely. They're divorced. Their wives aren't into what they're into. They may be giants in the corporate world for cross dresses. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> cross dresser. Girl 19. That's a man who likes women's clothing for himself. Or vice versa. Cross-dressers in their private lives. Giants in the corporate world. You are the ones who listen. Gotta listen. Yes? Yes. You're the one who appreciates them. You're the ones who doesn't judge them. You want them to like you, lady. Because if they like you, they call back. And if they call back a lot, you make lots of cash, ladies. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Girl six. Yes. Who's your transsexual? My transsexual is um, Esmeralda. Okay. Whopper dick. Uh, always ready to please. Dark hair, light green eyes, pre up. What's that? It's before the surgery. Oh. Mm -hmm. And my mistress, I don't know who my mistress is going to be yet. I think I'll call her April, maybe. Sweet. And my girl next door, well, my girl next door is going to be lovely. Wait right. a second. Lovely. Yes, darling. Lovely brown. <laughs> That's cute. Hi. Thank you. Well, I, I kind of feel the same way about Madonna. Like, why is she in this, really? I don't know. 
Um, because she was going, she at the time, if memory serves, it was her ero- erotica phase. Mm. So she was, because you wouldn't have dreamed around Dick Tracy times or before that that that, that she would do this. But this, she was very much making a big show of of erotic stuff and sex and you know so this just i think she she fit it like a glove and now now it's just fucking gross what she's doing oh do you mean <laughs> do you mean her face and the rest of it well her face and her oh. like sexy instagram photos at what how old is she 68 or something 65 or- <laughs> no it's, it's it's the work she's had done that's that's the it's that's it's the just that she part. doesn't look I, I, the thing about it is, I saw a and look. I mean, it's not all about looks. It's it, it's just it just that she looks like in, uh, she doesn't look human. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. She looks like an alien, and I mm. saw a picture of her from five years ago, and she looked normal. Mm. Yeah, like she looked like an older lady. But I was like, oh yeah, that's Madonna. That's Madonna, and she's fifty eight or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and you yeah, go yeah, yeah. here, you look at her, and you go, oh my god, like you look like I don't know the bad guys in Battlefield Earth. Yeah, you look like you've <laughs> yes, been you had do. burns. Severe yeah, oh, yeah, burn yeah. victim. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's Either crazy. way, what we're saying is she didn't look good. She didn't look good. <laughs> now, uh, AJ, Debbie Mazar. Can I just, you know, Debbie Mazar? Nah. In this, well, she's she's <laughs> the chick with the frit the fringe in this movie. Ah, uh, yes, I've seen her and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's in he- heaps of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's yeah. in Younger now. She's in Goodfellas. She's in a lot, a yeah. lot of '90s stuff. Weird Chubbies. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is it the voice? I don't know. Yes, the lisp. Her li- yes. The weird lisp. Yeah. She's got a lisp and she's and she just something. Just just something. You know? Entourage. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but me likey is what I'm oh. saying. <laughs> Capiche? Like Capiche? It is it is hard to put your finger on what it is about her, you know. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like a lot of other people Agree with me. She'll take charge. Yeah, she's mm. just she's just great. And that scene where she's doing the the phone call, like there's a three way scene where where it's her and Judy are doing a a double act with a a guy who's calling up, and they're pretending to be like I don't know naughty schoolgirls or something. And um, I was full George Costanza with when <laughs> Elaine is doing that video or whatever you know, like and and he and he's and he's getting all hot. Oh, yeah, you know <laughs> the the voice recording. Yeah, the voice recording. That's what it is. Like, I, yes, I the was, voice recording. Yeah, and I was, I was watching this scene. I was having to pretend like it was just so funny. Like I was, just like, I was like going, ha, 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 it's so funny. When it was hot, is what I'm saying. We're in the girls' bathroom, right? Huh? And everybody else is in class, and I'm gonna push you right into the stool and put my hand right up that Catholic school skirt. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. I'm so big over here. I'm, I'm like deformed. Oh, Melissa, huh? I'm buttoning that blouse. Okay. Oh, come on, come on, Missy, show him to me, show him to me. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show him to me too. Show him to me too. Come okay. on, Missy. Oh, Missy. Huh? Your titties are so big. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm gonna explode. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And this is when I jump up from the stall and I say, "What do you two girls think you're doing?" Yeah, yeah, and then I pull out my big old kielbasa and I say to you, "Now look at my big old kielbasa." Well, there's there's two characters I wanna I wanna talk about here. The acting coach, 
is oh, so is so fucking big in this. It was it's like she's channeling Faye Dunaway in Mummy Dearest. You I know, loved I loved it though. I love that that's, scene. Honest to God, that's I think my favorite scene. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it is so good. Everything she says is solid gold. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. You know. Solid gold. The way she mimics her as well. She mimics her. She gets, it's so good. You know, that's the business. But she, she goes, she, she goes. Says, I'm talk. I'm talking about taking off your top, baby. Baby. I'm talking about taking off your top, baby. Oh my god, she's so good. Oh, I've, I've never had. Uh, yes, her voice. I've never had any any acting training or classes or anything like that, but 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 is this standard? The people yelling at you? Um, I hope so. Look, <laughs> I've never been in a sh- I've never been in a yelling one, but they are grotesque. You know, <laughs> they are not. Yeah. They're not. They're always grotesque. But this was perfect. It was just like everything she said, and then I loved the turn at the end to if you. <laughs> If you respected me, you would pay me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Yes. She won't yeah. pay. She gets rid of her because she won't pay her. Yeah, if if you respected the craft, you would pay me. I think she says. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Which oh is, my god. Which is even more creepy. Acting is about doing and feelings drop into the pain. Now let's add a sensorial element of shit. tells me to take off my shirt. So what? So what? Grow up! Grow up now! What are you talking about? I'm talking about you growing up. I'm talking you to put you facing the reality of this business. Which is? Which is taking off your top, baby. I actually think that woman is um, uh, Peerless's mum in Bamboozled. I think. Oh. Oh. I feel so um, yes. in a much more muted performance, but but <laughs> but but her everything she said was just you know outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Mm. Loved it, hundred percent. So so the the other guy, Murray the agent, oh. John Turturro. I love he him. He should have been in this more. He should his, have his hairstyle. I, I want everyone to Google this guy in yeah. the role, Girl Six. I, I've never seen such ridiculous hair it was on, so on, on good. a movie. It was good. It was. T- it's one of those. Sometimes a silly wig can really steal a movie. <laughs> it really can. <laughs> and it it was because it's sort of like it's not a mullet. It's it's no. it's a bouffant, like mm. it big and comes off the shoulders. Like it's it is just like ringlets, and he's got the goatee. As ringlets, well. outrageous, <laughs> absolutely outrageous. <laughs> Yeah. So good. That they were two really delightful characters that mm. just uh, you know they they could have taken up more space for me, but may, maybe it's good that it's you know short and sweet. Mm. Well, I think this there's a lot of talent in this movie, so there's a lot of 
you know, just cameos, obviously, like Madonna. You know, I think Madonna's a great actress. She's passable in this. Uh, but there's just little character actors as well. Halle Berry turns up, plays herself. Um, you know, we've already mentioned Thomas Jefferson Bird, who was great. Debbie Mazar. QT as himself. Yeah, and in oh, Roger good. Ebert's review, Roger Ebert says, oh, Quentin Tarantino in his world too of, of being in other people's movies or something. And I was like, <laughs> yes, he, yeah. he was doing that. He was doing that. Uh, Ron Silver is the director at the very end. He's fantastic. Richard Belzer, who just passed away uh, today, I think. Um, oh. uh, so he's he's the guy who calls up and says, hey, housewife, you know. Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Munch from uh, SVU. Yes, I was about oh, to say SVU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like he's he was one of my my favourite callers. That guy. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah. yeah so good. And um, Gretchen Mole uh, uh, is in it too. She's the girlfriend in in Rounders. The you know the Matt Damon oh, yeah. movie. I feel like I have got to give a shout out to Yuri. Everyone, you pretty. I think Rounders might be Yuri's second favourite movie behind wow. Heat. Really? He just uh, he loves. Every minute of rounders, and you know, so I just it's a shout out to you, Yuri. Gretchen Moll's in this too, all right? So I don't know, do something with that. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, a lot of talent in this, and um, you know, let alone Prince doing every song. Mm. Oh, yeah, is- so good. And 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 they've got um, Vanity Six doing Nasty Girl. Which is one of my favorite. I mean, it's not a Prince. Song. He wrote it and produced it for. Yeah, but Vanity he also Six. put them together. He created he them did, out yeah. of nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so, did. and on one of those out documentaries online, it said, and this is this is just fucking perfect. It said he created the name. Allegedly, the six was the number of titties in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yes <Chef's> Vanity <laughs> 6 I mean that is He's the best He is the best He would have loved this movie But that song Nasty Girl Originally appears in Beverly Hills Cop Right? Yes mm. yep. So This is actually one of the Earliest usages of the word nasty In that oh. context mm. um, Try and find me another song Before 19... 19- 84 or before Vanity 6 that um, I think there's a, maybe a Janet song maybe but the, but it's very slim pickings because now we say it and we know exactly what it means but back then it was it would have been quite new you'd go nasty yeah. like what does that mean I don't understand I sort of know mm. but I don't know you know whereas yeah. now we go yep I get it I get it mm. yeah yeah it's a bit more fun that way you had to read between the lines you know mm. yeah yeah it's nasty yeah Nasty. Exactly, exactly. So, mm. yeah, that's a great song. But just on Prince, so it's mainly previously released tracks, uh, which is in, which is always interested when they do that. When like it's uh, like in Iron Man, they just they, it was like the whole soundtrack was previously released ACDC tracks. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when someone just goes, anyway, I want to just I like this artist, and I'm just going to use all of their songs. Um. So, but this is very interesting because there's a couple of unreleased songs which are in the movie. Um, but I think Raspberry Beret, so Raspberry Beret, Sign of the Times, they're, they're the, the big ones, I would imagine, in the movie. But but all of the other songs, although lesser known, are, are some of his best work. So, um, uh, Erotic City, which is great. How come you don't call me anymore? Fantastic. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's that's the scene 
where she gets stood up at Coney Island. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that song is Prince at his most soulful, that one. Yes, I agree. It's, it is incredible, incredible. Uh, Pink Cashmere is great. Adore is great. And one of the greatest songs he ever wrote, uh, which was done by Sinead O'Connor, is uh, Nothing Compares to You. Mm. Which is an incredible song. So I'm just astounded. There was a cu- obviously there was a couple of yeah uh, tracks they brought out for it, but generally it's it the, it's um it's it's good because they've picked songs that you might not know. I'm I'm always disappointed that Raspberry Beret's in it. Mm, you yeah. know, because I'm like uh, I sort of I mean it's to me it's a good song, but it's a bit played out. I'm just yeah. like okay, we don't need to hear it anymore. Whereas all the other songs, I'm like yeah, these are the Prince Prince songs you should know. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, a lot of B sides. Yeah, shitload of B sides, and and I feel yeah. like that's what something. It's a shame that it didn't hit in the way that it could. It should have. You know what I mean? Like, and become one of those soundtracks, like the commitments or one of these '90s soundtracks that just went over the top. Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, Pulp yeah. Fiction or whatever. This didn't hit, so some of these songs never got the airing in that way that it would have been interesting if, if it had become a. A massive hit but that's just on that scene she goes to the the coney island to meet bob regular and they've set it up and and she waits all day and we just hear that you know uh how come you don't call me anymore it's just a haunting mm. hauntingly beautiful and the imagery is just it's like a music video Speaking of scenes, let's talk about the audition scene, which uh, you mentioned Ebert before. He, he actually wrote some interesting things about the audition scene because um, he, he had a bit of a problem with it. And I think a, a number of critics did as well. And so basically Spike's saying that, that Tarantino is a, is, is, a, is a lech and a cretin for making uh, Girl 6 get her tits out. Then, then logically uh, Spike shouldn't have let the audience see the tits but but show the audience that qt saw them right you know and uh so ebert and this is a quote from ebert he says that scene is emblematic of the film's basic problem it's about a woman exposing herself for male entertainment even though it pretends to be about men exposing themselves for female employment this is coming from a man who wrote a russ meyer movie by the way (laughs) yeah which is interesting it's weird but I kind of see what he's saying there. It's like, because the, 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 the film is bookended by these audition scenes where she's required to get her, take her top off. And in the first one, she complies, but then, you know, covers up and, and doesn't want to have any part of it. And then in the, in the second one, at the end of the film, she straight out doesn't want to do it. But yeah, I think if Spike really wanted to hammer that idea home, that 
that you know roles for black women at that time only involved them getting naked then maybe only QT should have seen him. I mean, I'm glad I saw him. But, yeah, you are. Pig. You, know, you pig. <laughs> from a story point of view, maybe it, it, it would have worked better if only QT saw them. Mm. What, what do you guys think? Astro, you just, you just love that they're there. <laughs> no, I, I, I happen to agree with Ebit in this case. I think I, maybe not 100%, but I think the general idea that he, it's, it's a, it's a – it's a ham-fisted critique on Spike's part of Hollywood because, yeah, he is ultimately getting her to get her titties out. Yeah. And he could have made it more... Imagine this. This is... this is If you're going to get him out, this is more complex and a bit more strange. What if you didn't see them in the first one? But what if then she got them out in the second yeah. interview, uh, audition at the end and then walked out and didn't take the role? Mm. Yeah. That would be more complex and weird because you go, oh, wow, she's like... I it would just be saying I don't even know what it'd be saying, but but it would be it it would be this is this is troubling because he did get them out and yeah but the, but but the, but the way that you watch that interview with Charlie Rose you can watch that on YouTube uh, Spike Lee talking to Charlie Rose who is a famous Me Tooer himself now um, so that's always Ooh. a bit awkward but 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 the way Spike talks about you know. Put, wanting to put a woman at the center of this movie, the way Charlie asks him, I got to say, the way they're talking, I mean, it's it's of the time, but it, the, it's totally retrograde the way they're talking about it. Like he says, "Oh, you've got a woman at the. Why have you chosen to put a woman at the center of this?" And he's saying something like, "You know, it's been ten years since I did it, and just thought it was time and everything." And uh, and it's so. Um, I don't know. Is it patronizing? Is it? Is it? Um, he's just sort of putting it on like like oh yeah it's just time to time to to you know dip into it it's not it's not doesn't have the stakes doesn't have the doesn't have enough skin in the game you know yeah. and maybe that, I've that been- was that was a weird question and a weird response as well you know because spike could should have just said it's just a story i wanted to tell that's and it right. just so happened to have a yes. female as the lead like maybe that's why i i reacted badly against it because that would have been better yeah, that. because it's like, you know, I, I wasn't actively going, I, you know, I didn't go, all right, so, you know, it's been 10 years, of, I did one with a female lead, now it's time, you know, to do it again, or, you know, I mean, that just sounds so, I don't know, weird and formulaic and planned or something, whereas this is like, a script would have come his way, he would have liked it, and he would have done it, like, it doesn't matter mm. who the lead was, you know. But I guess, but the fact that they had to talk about it, you know, may, says everything. Um, because I, ultimately, I don't want to live in a world where, we have to stay in the it, our lanes. I hate that. I think that's. Mm. I think it. Well, I think, and I think if you believe that, if you believe that we have to stay in our lane, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to be really rude, but that's really fucking stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm really worried about you if that's what you think that you need. We need to stay in our lane. Now, my only caveat for that is, it. You know, if I come to you, me, pasty honky, come and say, <laughs> I've got. I've just. I've just written this script. It's called the, the Vagina you know, Monologues. The, the, it's called it's called um, the Vagina Monologues. You know, um, and the sequel is called Martin Luther King: The Real Story. Yeah. Then, then, you know, you you've got to have some. You've got. To, I'm not saying you can't do it. You just need to. You need to be either either part because some people are part of the community. Mm. They just are. Yeah. They're just plugged in, and they've got the. You've got the bona fides, I, and I don't think it lies in your skin, and I don't think it lies in whether you've got, you know, a big Johnson, which you know, 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe I've got. Um, you, you don't. You don't know. You don't know. I'm not telling you. Well, you know, you you could be the 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 foremost expert on Martin Luther King, and mm. you just want to tell his story in an entertaining and accessible way. Or you could be, you know, a world renowned gynecologist. You know, so why not do the vagina monologues? You know, if you're an expert in the vag, just you know, do it. Just, just, yeah. Do it if it feels good. <laughs> so I, you know, because we're, we're, we're you know digging in a bit deeper here, I wanted to talk about the um, uh, sort of cameos that of the TV shows that he does, the Jeffersons and and that sort of stuff. Which uh, when I when I first saw when the first one that happened, I think she's doing Carmen Jones or something. Carmen Jones, and, yeah, yeah. And and I was a bit confused. I thought, oh, she's landed a role in a play or something, and she's on stage and. You know, and then it just kind of didn't go anywhere, and so I was a little bit confused. And then she did Foxy Brown and all those other ones. But I read this interesting thing on the website Letterboxd, which is kind of an interesting cinema place to go. And uh, I'll just read a quote from a guy who, who wrote about this. Uh, he said, I wasn't sure about the, the stagey recreations of the TV shows, Carmen Jones, The Jefferson's Good Times, etc. But an essential point starts to emerge that a black woman might find more heroes in past roles for black women than she'd find opportunities in future ones. She can only assemble a dream career from a broad history of roles played by actresses who are long gone. Whereas in the present, every role that comes her way requires her to take her top off. Uh, a swift cameo uh, of a young Halle Berry, played by herself, uh, embodying the singular ideal of the era's one allowable black sex symbol. Uh, the one black actress to make it anew in Hollywood is quite perceptive. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is very. In- that's very interesting. Um, maybe the only thing to note is that you know, yeah, the f- of the first time I saw the film a long time ago, I didn't really understand those bits. But I think what what's getting lost is is the ambiguity. This this is a movie that actually, you know, has respect for you, and it puts those scenes in. Sometimes those all those scenes are actually serving different functions. One of the one of the scenes, the Carmen Jones scene, I think, is to introduce us to her ex husband. Mm. Um, the second one, well, one of the other ones, it, the Jeffersons is actually is seemingly a. Um, actually, no, the the third one, the, the the Foxy Brown one, is one of her phone calls, straight up one of her phone calls from one of her Johns. And the Jefferson ones is sort of a little bit in between, I guess, but they're all serving some different function. And um, and 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 it's at no point does is there a voiceover where she says sometimes sometimes my mind wanders, you know, <laughs> or she's yeah, yeah 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 yeah, you know, and you go what? But that's what's interesting about it. You you can see the different layers to it Mm. because that that, that's also as the film progresses, she sort of buys more into this. She gets more wrapped up in this fantasy world, you know. And then I I guess it culminates with that uh, absolute creeper calling her up and who knows her address and the the, the light gels and stuff, you know. Christopher, Christopher. (laughs) But 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 here's the thing about that. Here's a question I have for you: Is he real? Oh, well, blown my mind. the cues were given. Uh, Lil, he calls when she's at the call center, uh, and Lil hangs up on him, and he's still on the line after the hang up. That's not possible. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up. She, because she goes, I hung up on him, you know, like, and he doesn't call back. He's just on there still. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm gonna argue that he's not real. Wow. And and she's because because we keep set one of the other threads in the movie is this 
little girl, Angela, who's fallen down a, I guess she represents innocence, and she's she's fallen down a, a elevator shaft, and we keep getting this image of this descent down, down an elevator shaft, and the last one is at the bottom of the shaft is Michael Imperioli putting a bag over her head. It's her, it's just meant to symbolize her, her descent into, um, you know, I don't know, what you, psychosis, whatever mm. you want to call it. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, that, that kind of squashes one of my questions. I, one of my questions was, should there have been a scene where the psycho caller actually goes to her apartment and attacks her well, in real life, you know? I kind of thought so that like that's a, where it was going to go. Yeah. Like, so it just becomes I, the, the, the bone collector, like where someone's just coming yeah. over to get you. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and his and other movies haven't ended well. Like they haven't been cheery endings. I didn't think she was going to You're go waiting for a bummer. Yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, you you were waiting for that Stevie Wonder village ghetto land music to start creeping in, weren't you? I definitely was. That's and Gator. I like getting high. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and then and then Girl Six, you know, just becomes a crack whore. I definitely. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking was going to happen. And then you get that last line from uh, Jungle Fever. Hey, Daddy, can I suck your big black dick? (laughs) No. All right, Great I've got stuff. another couple of questions here. What's Jimmy's deal? That That's the neighbour. Do, does he want some action or is he gay? What's the deal here? Nah. Are they he's the only working. two options? Or? He's working it. Yeah. You, you think so? He's subtly he's working zone. his way. He's friends. AJ, why do women, when I tell women, I mean, well, I ask you, is it possible for a man and woman to be friends in that way? Uh, the and for their, for then for their never, <laughs> no, no, but and for there never to be any question about it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, there are. It it's is. unlikely. It's unlikely, though, right? Nah, I don't buy into it. All I right. think that you can. So you be. think it could happen? What that you think he's friend zoned? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think what I'm what I'm getting at is that it might be possible, but I get the I just get the sense that sometimes it's so obvious when someone is. Hanging around. Oh well, he's hanging for a, around for some runoff. Yeah, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. But is he kind of disgusted in her as well? Like, I think he's. A well, I think like, that's a jealousy oh. thing. I, I think he would rather that you know phone sex attention be brought his On way. Him. You know. But she's paying his rent. Fucking hell! What more can he want? Yeah. <laughs> I think he needs to grow up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, he does sell some of his memorabilia, that's right. so he's just going there a little bit. Like that's presumably his profession that's is right. like a memorabilia collector guy, you hmm. know. And that's his arc. That is that he ends up selling shit. So my final question is: If you've got your tits out already, shouldn't you just follow through with the audition? You know, she's so saying, just you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, just just go with it. It's QT. Oh, like, you know, it's QT. What? No, you just you, you've already let you've already let Harvey touch your breast. Just let him do whatever else, <laughs> right? Let him do whatever else. What's the difference, right? Yeah, I'm a famous guy. I'm a famous guy. Just don't embarrass him in that hotel. That's just right. Whatever you do, yeah. I can help. Well, uh, AJ, I think it's I think it's time for Keeper or Creeper. Okay, all right. So, what do we got? We got Isaiah Washington as shoplifter. Um, tall. So, Isaiah Washington is very tall. So, he's definitely very tall. Masculine energy does bring that sort of that that masculine swagger. Quite thoughtful 
he bought that Dor- Dorothy Dandridge souvenir for Judy, which I think says that, you know, he's listening. He oh, listens. Persistent. Okay. So the type of guy, again, who waits for you at work, shows mm. up unannounced. If you like to be chased, then this is your guy. Sort of like Peter Stomari's character in Dancer in the Dark. He's waiting for Selma. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is yeah. the same sort of stuff, you know? Okay. We've seen this before. Anyway, he's not down with the phone sex, really. So no. maybe a bit traditional at heart, I suppose, which could be good. Um, I think his main issue is built into his character name. He's simply called Shoplifter. <laughs> so. Which yeah. is what does he, he does. Does he not have a name? Does he not have a name in this? No, in this no, no. Oh, his really? name's Shoplifter, oh. and he mainly steals fruit and vegetables. <laughs> nothing processed. So, I mean that you know, I guess there was that bit where he tried to force Judy to put her hands down his pants. Yeah, mm. maybe that's good. I don't know. <laughs> in an alley, sure. So you're saying that that the location it's it seemed to fit like well, you go oh well we're in the alley like well he didn't say let's do that in the diner when she was talking like that he's not like oh so he had a bit of de- decorum and... he did oh. yeah what a gentleman yeah, yeah but yeah. but but this is the thing men men are very literal cr- creatures right you tell us you want to fuck even if it, if you're role playing as part of your phone sex career we will believe you. <laughs> So, but no, but isn't it like the Elaine thing again with the recording? Mm. You know, so she did that as a joke, yeah. and then all George heard was, <laughs> you know, the the surface. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, second up, we have Peter Berg as caller number one, Bob regular, mm. average height, mm. still got his hair, which is good. Um, he's in business, so travels yeah. a lot, maybe for his job. Mm. Um. Nice car, top down, fire engine red number. That's right. Yeah. Convertible. So mm-hmm. that could be yours. <laughs> he's making a he's making a splash around town in that thing, I reckon. Mm. Um he seems to be looking after his ailing mother, so he's got a he's quite caring, I think, or at least he's talking about her. Mm. Um yeah, maybe this makes him sort of more of a sensitive guy. Uh yeah. likes to talk on the phone. I mean you like a chat, don't you, AJ? Yeah, I love a chat. Okay. Well, <laughs> So he's ticking that box. The big one is a bit of a flake, mm. you know. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard to sell a flake to people, but I guess it comes with spontaneity. Like you either like the spontaneity, but they're a bit of a flake, or mm-hmm. you're the sort of person who's like tapping the watch. Like, my, like you know, my wife, Katie, uh, she likes you to be on time, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and she 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 likes things to run like clockwork. You know, you've you you guys have been out with her, AJ. I'm I'm sure. I think she's even asked you if you've been to the toilet. <laughs> yes, multiple times before we before we leave. She like, now have you, been to the, have you have you been to the bathroom? Yeah. Have you been to the bathroom? <laughs> she just makes. She doesn't like no flakes. You know, she wants to it all ticked off. Used to be a school teacher, so that's where she gets that from. I love that about you. <laughs> all right. Okay, so what do we got? We've got Shoplifter and Bob mm. Regular. Talk to me, AJ. Come on, talk me through it. What do we got? Look, the Shoplifter character, meh. <laughs> like, really? A bit oh. meh. Like, what? I thought the um, scene was good when he was getting the fruit, when he was touching the fruit and, and putting touching it in the, the baby, and putting did you it like, in the did, baby carrier. Did you like the way he was touching it? He was, he was, <laughs> I did. I, I think the word is he was purloining mm. the fruit. I enjoyed Which that. Is, you know, mm. but, sort of like yeah, using and the I, hands I wouldn't mind. like this. Like it was nice that she was finishing late. She was finishing late so he'd pick her up from work. 
Yeah. So that was nice. That's sweet. Um, so yeah. So what's the problem? But it's your ex-husband. It's your ex-husband. Can you fuck off? Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. So you think? So he's not getting the hint. You think? Yeah. She's been leading him on a little bit. We're not leading him on, but but why is he? Why is most deaf better than him? Oh, most deaf. Is it because he's a, <laughs> he's a dope MC? Because uh, he's a bad boy and this guy's a little bit pathetic, though, right? Yeah, that's right. Because he's not yeah. even stealing anything cool. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's a creeper. <laughs> he's a creeper. Okay. Yeah. And Bob, Bob regular. Bob regular. Like I'm sad how she, she was. She was digging it. She was digging him. And the Coney mm. Island scene was too sad. I can't go out with Bob. He's a creeper then. It was too much. It was too sad. Creeper sweep then. Creeper sweep. Yeah. Last yep. week, mine probably should have been a creeper sweep, creeper sweep. but Mozdef just creeper got sweep. in there. Well, <laughs> it's unfortunate. He did. He did get in there and I think, well, you know, I think it was great. Um, <laughs> you're right, AJ. That scene at Coney Island is, is a total downer. Mm. So is is AJ racist for you know rejecting the black man? Is that well? I didn't reject the other one. Um, well, so. I think it's, it's <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It's because it you could you can always twist it. You can just say, <laughs> oh, like you know, he's that the shoplifter is. Um, I don't know, not conforming to your vision of blackness or something. You can just yeah, change true. it. Doesn't yeah. matter. You can just say it. You just you can just whatever. The thing about these modern charges of racism, you can just say either you like it too much, you don't like it enough, you 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 don't like the right kind. It doesn't matter. It's a it's a it's a chimera. It can just change. Like you can like mm. doesn't matter what you say. Like if you say like it's like I said. Like I told you I liked it when Jada Pinkett you know talks a bit street. And then, as you, you rightly point out, pointed out, Ricky, I'm fetishizing the black, the black woman, the urban yep. black woman, the poor yep. black woman, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So, but then I go, oh, okay, well, I hate her then. And then you go, oh, well, you're, you know, you don't like any any black woman. You're racist. <laughs> and I go, but that's not, this is none of this is true. And they go, well, you know, um, that. And they go, they're, they're just the people are usually just saying it to get you kicked out so they can take your job. <laughs> you know, like yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want something from you usually. It's literally black or white. It's no, there's no gray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. that's what that's what MJ said. AJ, he said, you know, he said, you know, he did the did the head movement and everything, black right. or white. You know? yeah. <laughs> Now, before I get into some trivia, I wanted to know who your favourite callers were because there was the, the produce guy. I, I liked him. He got off on hearing kind of what, what, what the chick was going to buy, mm. what the Latina, Latinx woman was going to buy at the store. Um, uh, there's the guy from Texas who refers to women's breasts as teats. <laughs> teats. AJ, AJ, what did you think of that? Yeah, teats, you never want to hear him. You're not a cow. <laughs> he's, he, he, his name is Big Deal from Texas and he says, yep. I, I like big teats. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to chicken and big teats for me. Oh, are you nice and hard for me? Yes, ma'am, I am. <laughs> Are you touching yourself? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, so now I'll tell you. Uh, I've got uh, a tight white t-shirt on uh-huh. and uh, a little white skirt. Uh-huh. 
jiggle them titties up and down for me. Okay. Bounce them up and down for me. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm bouncing, Steven. Oh, yeah. I'm bouncing right now, Steven. Oh, yeah. I'm on your lap. Uh-huh. And I'm bouncing my titties up uh-huh. and down. These teats uh-huh. are moving up and down, oh, yeah. Steven. Oh, uh-huh. 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 Then I like the housewife guy who says, I'm going to mount you Snoopy doggy yeah. dog style. <laughs> I, that's Richard Belzer. I, I am so glad I wrote that down too. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to mount you Snoopy doggy dog style. <laughs> and that's going to be put on and his grave. He, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I love it because he kind of fucks up. It should be Snoop doggy dog style, but Snoopy. But that's yeah. why it's perfect. Yeah. It's exactly. perfect. Exactly. It's fucking perfect. It's amazing. I'm pushing your dress up from behind. I'm going to mount you Snoopy Doggy Dog style, housewife. Uh, Don't stop scrubbing. Uh, uh, I'm mounting you now, housewife. Got a lot of work to do. Uh, Don't stop scrubbing. Uh, Don't stop scrubbing. Uh, A woman's work is never done. Then, then you've got the couple that call in, the guy that wants to, you know, live out his fantasy. We talked about that already, having two chicks lick his dick. Um, and then there's the guy that uh, has the the kielbasa. I think he's the one that... Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes, with, who's with the, Debbie Mazar. Yeah, he's sort of playing a, a, a high school principal or something, you know. Mm. Yes. Excellent. So, oh, all the calls are a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and Tom... And Thomas Jefferson Bird with the baseball, which we've talked about. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought they were all great. Okay, here's one that, that hits a little different. What about the one with the chick who is very interesting looking, top-down angle, and she's talking about how she's blonde and she says, I sit down, oh. my flower bed is wet, you know, what oh, look at my, yeah. like, listen to my wet flower bed, and then she goes... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And she, yeah. like, that's crazy, that scene. My flower bed's all wet now, lover. Listen to my flower bed. Now take my boots off. Yes, yes. Now rip my stockings off with your teeth. Oh, yes! Don't my feet look pretty? Now touch them. Tickle them. Oh, yes, yes. And and that's just her speaking too. You don't hear the guy, do you? No, no. It was a and, and it was it was a very interesting uh, scene because it really rammed home the you know she's what you imagine for because she looks nothing like mm. she's saying and yeah. and she's you don't want to be crass but she's she's unconventionally uh, she's not beautiful. <laughs> In the words of Jordan Peterson, she's not beautiful. Okay? Not beautiful is the word. And I know you're not allowed to say that now, but she's ugly, right? She's an ugly chick. No, and, no, but it's not that she's she's ugly. She's also, a, like, she the, the the aesthetic she's got, she's got black lipstick. And, yes, like, it's a yes. really aggressive look. Yeah, yeah. She's There's nothing lipstick. soft going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it really, really, you know, if the movie was... More uh, really gritty. Everyone would look like that, or yeah. a BBW, or whatever. You know, uh, there are a number of them that that look average, just like average chicks. You know, but then yeah, you do have Naomi bunch, Campbell, and you have bunch that are you know. hot. The chick with the blue eyes, she's 
stunning. Well, there's the chick. So the chick from Bamboozled, the one, the Black Studies major, mm. Uh, mm. is in this. She's she's the girl who gets married. Oh, yeah. Or gets engaged to. All right, you ready for some trivia? Go on. Bring it. So the monologue that uh, Lovely reads, that's uh, Girl 6, uh, is from She's Gotta Have It, which is also a Spike Lee film, which I'm sure, Astro, oh. you spotted that. Uh, it's Spike Lee's first feature film in which he did not contribute to the screenplay. The tiny dog that Madonna has at the club was hers in real life. So she's one of those tiny dog people. Uh <laughs> Teresa Randall, who plays uh, the lead girl, uh, Girl 6, uh, went to a Beverly Hills high school with a special program for the exceptionally gifted. So she was quite uh, academic, it seems. Uh, Now, my last piece of trivia here concerns QT. There was a bit of controversy behind uh, Spike Lee and Tarantino. After filming this scene for the movie, Lee stated that he had a problem with Tarantino's use of the N-word. And both Tarantino and friend Samuel L. Jackson defended the use of the word as realistic. Lee has been estranged from both Tarantino and Jackson ever since. But th- but that's that's, that's from since Django, right? That's not from the, since this. No, I think it's historical. I think oh, it's really? like I think it's that I think, long I think ago. it goes back. Wow, it goes back. But you could tell that um, Lee didn't write this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> write, write this film. Yeah, you could tell. Just his use of dialogue is very unique. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think there's one N-word in this film. No. No, which was, um, yeah, it was, fun. It was fun. I, welcome. I, I, I didn't miss it. No, I didn't miss it. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it is, um, that's just, I mean, you could, you could talk forever about that word. It's so funny the way that that, that word has become, yeah, what it, what it is. It's just sort of like a, um. It's hard. Like I feel like it, there was a point in the nineties when it was, it was it sort of lost its power a little bit, or, or its seeming was was doing that. And then now it's yeah, as I say, it's become uh, a doomsday weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can just somehow deep fake someone saying it, then that that's the end of them. Oh, yes. and we've got audio out there now. AIs could be saying it as us. Well, they could be, you know. But then again, is it anything worth, you know, Ricky says some pretty bad stuff anyway, so why don't they just take the actual stuff he says? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? Why bother with chat GPT yeah. <laughs> when we could just pick out, you know, Fortress or whatever else? Uh, if I was you, I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. All right. Well, I think it's time uh, for the Me Too meter. All right. Heavens to Bechtel, it's the Bechtel test. You all love the Bechtel test. Comes from that graphic novel in the 80s. Dictionary meaning uh, the Bechtel test, an informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. A work is said to pass the Bechtel test if it has two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Now, this is, this is interesting. So this movie uh, we've got, um, I suppose, you know, she does speak to her acting coach. Okay. But then an acting coach does say that she's to take off her top, baby. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, baby. Most converse- ba- baby. Most conversations <laughs> involve Judy talking to women about the customers, mm. which are men. So that's mm. not good. Um, there's that scene I like with Debbie Mazar. That's about them being naughty schoolgirls. I don't think that counts. Uh, <laughs> 
So I think this is a fail, yeah, baby. So. <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Now, the charges. This film is directed by Spike Lee. Let me put it another way. Girl 6 is directed by a man. Shouldn't it be Man 6? Because unless Spike Lee identifies as a woman, then I can't see any reason why he should be telling this story. The rules have been established. Everybody needs to stay in their lane because the idea that you can understand someone else's lived experience is something cooked up by the patriarchy, okay? When you tell stories involving people that are not in every way exactly like you, you are committing a kind of erasure of their identities that is, as we've said, probably worse than the Holocaust, okay? (laughs) As you know, I go by Whoopi Goldberg's definition, which is it's mainly just white people on white people, you know, so no big deal, no big deal. Um, This movie is part of a troubling tradition in which sex work is denigrated and made to appear shameful when in fact the opposite is true. Sex work is real work, as we know. It's just a job like anything else. Coding, floristry, and talking to guys on the phone until they come in their pants are all the same. Um, (laughs) Everyone deserves dignity and respect at work. So so, so what if your work involves coming up with complex golden shower fantasies for men to whack off to? There's no shame in sex work. The only shame is that you're not engaged in it right now, I say. Go get them, girl. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sex sex work Your face then AJ (laughs) You were disgusted But just being pregnant and disgusting Makes it sound a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, just do some you know, fetish you know, shoots. There's a, there's a market, and you'll for be that. right. There's a market. There. there is thriving. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sex work is real work. As I've as I've said, sex work is real work. But male sexuality and desires are inherently disgusting and awful. So this is the conundrum of our times, unfortunately. How to center the experience of cis women and trans women, of course. Uh, sex workers uh, who service the needs of mostly cis men. The fantasies of men have for too long been given a platform and frankly, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it, all right? I don't want to hear about threesomes, okay, and girls with double Ds and deep, deep throats, sexy housewives on all fours with suds in their hair, horny Catholic schoolgirls, bosoms bouncing up and down and up and down and up and down, and up and down, okay? <laughs> Look... What I think we need to be hearing about is amorphous they-thems with blue hair and beards and big Johnsons bulging through their bike shorts. And until you, Ricky, decide to wrap your laughing gear around something like that, you'll always be a bigot. All right? (laughs) So so Judy's boss asks the girls to define a cross-dresser. And one of them replies that it's when a man likes to wear women's clothes. The boss says that such a man could be a cross-dresser in his private life and a corporate mm. CEO publicly. See, this is just the kind of barrier we're trying to break down. If you want to wear women's clothing to get a boner or whatever, you should be able to do it at work, okay? Bring your whole self to work, they say. There's no need to hide in shame. You can close big deals while squeezing your big business into a pair of French-cut knickers, Okay. <laughs> and there is an alarming piece of transphobia shortly after however firstly in which judy is asked by her boss to run through her various characters she's created judy tells us about her quote transsexual character a pre-op transgender woman think about that for a second judy a cis woman 
is pretending to be a transgender woman over the phone. Absolutely offensive, okay? You can't just go around pretending to be something you're not. <laughs> that is that is trans face, okay? You can't just put on a deep voice, stuff a bratwurst down your pants and call yourself a trans woman. Judy can LARP all she wants, but she'll never have what trans women have, okay? And that is the ability to never have to engage in any critical debate that makes them and their allies feel even slightly uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) So, this movie's fucked then. Bravo. (laughs) That's all I got. What what do we reckon? It's it's a 10. Yeah. It's got to be a 10. Yeah. It's it's the male gaze. It's... You know, uh, getting your tits out an audition, exploitation, mm. it's transphobia, you it's know, kink shaming, the whole bit. Yeah. Yep. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. It's, um, yeah, no good. Um, All right. Mm. Roll so it. Roll the, the pussy tape. Hats. Roll it. <laughs> yeah, get, get, you, get, get on your pussy hat and, and play the tape. I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. I'd wanna be me too. I'd wanna be me too. Oh, well, that was an excellent rundown there of the Me Too meter. Mm. Oh, thank you very much. Well, there's just one more thing. As you know, it's the oh. boobometer. So what have we got? It's the quantity. We have uh, one, one pair. One pair. Okay. But main character, so that mm. that's always good. That that usually bumps up the rating. First uh, five minutes. Uh, first five minutes. Mm. Don't fuck around. Just get them out. Yep, get it done. Get Let me see them. I want to see them. Okay. Mm. So so that's it. Now we got a good look at them in terms of quality. Um, um, look, and to be honest, I'm not sure, Ricky, but I think these these titties might be bolted on. I think they are. Yeah. <gasps> I think they might be robo titties. <gasps> I think they are. Really? Uh, a crushing disappointment. Crushing disappointment. Um, you you know the policy. Natural and imperfect wins the day. All yes. day, every day. Oh, they are beautiful. Shame. Shame. Oh, shame on shame. me because okay. I was a believer. They were beautiful. I know. But yes, but look, we've all been taken in by, by uh, exorbitant <laughs> lies, Russiagate, and now these titties. So tragedies uh, abound everywhere. And this is what we've got to say. So there you go. That's uh, uh, bolt, bolt those titties on. Um, they are bolted on, unfortunately. So uh, great disappointment. But yes. overall, I, I I I had a wonderful time. This I think this is. Uh, I've read a lot of smack about this movie. It gets a lot of heat. Totally wrong. I think this is this is this is great. Fantastic. Mm. Good stuff. I I liked it. Yeah, I liked um, it. The but, critics, but so, however, did not. Oh, have you got some reviews? I do. I have. I have a couple of reviews here. Uh, I on. mentioned Ebert. Ebert. Uh, I won't read the whole thing because we did talk about the audition scene with QT. But uh, Ebert says I'm prepared to suspend a great deal of disbelief while watching a movie. But during Girl Six, I found it difficult to believe that a phone sex girl would get addicted to her job, to the money, sure, to the power over the men who call her, perhaps, but to the sex. Even though Spike Lee's Girl 6 was written by a woman, it seems conceived from the point of view of a male caller who would like to believe that the woman he's hiring by the minute is enjoying their conversations just as much as he is. Um, He goes on to talk about how, 
you know, the story's muddled and undefined. It has an undefined character and an aimless story, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Eric Henderson, writing for Slant, gave it 1.5 stars out of three and called Girl 6 a sloppy and problematic film, no diggity. No doubt. But the opening audition scene (laughs) and its thematic reprise at the film's end are not among its mistakes. Actually, they are among, they are among the film's only signs of cognitively dissonant Godardian life. He goes on to say that these scenes are exactly what Tarantino says. It's what the role requires, or rather, it's what every current role for young black women requires. So he finishes by saying Spike Lee is plain out of his element here, and it's no wonder he falls back on stunt casting, a post-erotica Madonna as the boss of an illicit no-rules phone sex ring, and a ceaseless hand-picked playlist of his favourite Prince songs. Mm. Look, there's a lot of lot of biting uh, comments there. Some of them I, I I could happily entertain. Ebert is just white knighting. He can fuck off. But um, the there's a lot in there. Um, but having said that, I, I just charge people with those sorts of comments to have a look at what's going on right now on Netflix and whatnot. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a spirit and an imagination and and a love of cinema and yes, a Godardian playfulness in this movie and it's ambiguous it doesn't there's no algorithm they're not playing to an algorithm it there's no thumbnail Mm. that you know so all of that stuff that we're getting played with now isn't in this movie and that's i think you just got to love it because they stick out like this movie wouldn't you know apparently that movie fucking bird box or whatever one of those (laughs) movies on netflix was was literally made by the algorithm (laughs) pretty much you know so uh you know this girl six is one of these ones that that the corporates don't um they don't want you to make and mm. so you're not going to get that acting coach scene you're not going to get all the cool stuff that that um was fucking fantastic i mean it might not hang together perfectly uh, it's not one of those movies that does but who cares that the, there's elements in this that are fucking um if i went to the, the movies and i watched this on a friday night i'd walk out like just having a great time yep i agree now, uh, we're rolling on with Black History Month. What have you got for us next week? Well, look, the initial plan was to do He Got Game, but I've, I discovered something. I think we should do another one of Spike's movies, which I've never seen, so I'll be starting with Ooh. you guys uh, on the ground floor, which is good. 2015, one of the newer ones called... You'll understand when you read... when you The story is very much on brand for uh, Sideboob Cinema. The movie's called Chirac, Chirac, uh, and um, yeah, it came out as I say, 2015. I I'm I'm very excited. So you know, let's let's. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it. We're just we're just going to do it. Oh. We're going to get in oh. there. Just watch right. it cold. Yeah, watch it cold. Get it done. Mm. All right. Uh, well, we said what we said. Yeah. Look, I don't know these days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine l- with it. At least, l- at least we're doing Black History Month. It's true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, we do say some shitty stuff. But then again, <laughs> is it is it better to be out there while running a corporation and not doing Black History Month? Yeah. <laughs> doing White History clearly Month. clearly care. <laughs> yeah, there you go, White History Month. Imagine oh. that. <laughs> no, but the ar- isn't the argument that the rest of the year is White History Month? Isn't that the argument? <laughs> I guess so. All right. Well, um, yes. Until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. But I need to say, I need to start introducing the idea, Ricky, as you first said, that Cyboob Cinema will save cinema. Will save cinema. (laughs) 
You've already let Harvey touch your breast. Just let him do whatever else. <laughs> right? Let him do whatever else. What's the difference? Right? Yeah. I'm a famous guy. I'm a famous guy. <laughs>